Thank you for listening to the podcast of Palmetto Baptist Church. We pray that as you listen to the following message, that it will encourage you to continue to connect, grow, and serve in your relationship with God and with others. If you have your Bibles, you can open them to uh, a lot of stuff up here. You can open them to um, Psalm 100. We're speaking from Psalm 100 this morning. Or this afternoon, this afternoon. My mind's still stuck in the morning time, I'm sorry. We're in this Wired series, Wired for a Life of Worship. We're going to finish it tonight. Um, uh, and what I want to do now is I want to take you through what, uh, what's been taught so far. Um, so buckle up, we're going, we're, we're going to run through it real quick. The first thing is this, worship uh, it's something that we will always do. During this, during this study, Wired for a Life of Worship, um, I've taught from, uh, not, not directly from the book, but I've taken ideas and expounded upon them from the book. And uh, the first thing is that, that Louis Giglio says in his book is the fact that we will always, 24-7, no matter who we are, no matter what we've done, no matter what we're going to do, we will always worship all the time, every day, all day. We will always place value in something, and whatever that something is that we place value in, that's what we essentially worship. We talked about how the purpose of worship is seeking after God. I mentioned this morning how sometimes we feel like that, that we're, we're in utter darkness and we can't see anything, nothing whatsoever. And we're stretching out our arms and we can't find God. We can't find Him. And we're desperate to find some. We're desperate to touch anything that lets us know that we're somewhat close to God in His presence. The purpose of worship, one of the purposes of worship is seeking. And we talked about how God, the Creator, the Creator of all in the skies and in the heavens and everywhere within us, everywhere that we are, is seeking after us. There's a bunch of us, billions of us all over the earth, and He seeks after each and every one of us, no matter what our religion is, what we believe, the God of the universe, uh, the God who created everything within us and everything in the earth, seeks after us. And we are uh, internal, uh, internally designed and internally wired to seek after Him as well. And that, that, that ability and the desire to value things and to worship things, the example we used is uh, at Michael Jackson concerts, and Louis Giglio says that uh, people would reach out, stretch out their arms because they just wanted to touch Michael Jackson so bad. And that's, they essentially worshipped him. And that's where that comes from. Everyone has that inside of them, the desire, the urgency to value something and to worship something. We discussed how, uh, why worship matters, and we said that, that uh, every day of our life, when we wake up, there's a battle for our worship. There's a battle for our uh, attentiveness and our attract of, of, um, of what attracts us. And oftentimes we, we, we get, we get um, misguided or misled, but every day when we wake up, there's a battle for our worship. And we talked about how uh, in, in the book of Psalms, how every day of our life, we will worship. It matters because we will always worship. 
It's important to talk about. It's important to discuss. It's important to get yourself revived about worship because it's something that we will always do. In the book of Psalms, um, it talks about how we become what we worship. If we worship the things made by man, uh, made by man, we essentially become those things. And our, our, our attention and our attentiveness gets directly focused on that. And everything else, including God, including the very uh, being of our existence, gets ignored and gets put aside. And finally, it said, we said that worship simply matters to God. We have one opportunity in our life to declare our allegiance. And the God of the universe who created us wants our attention. On a youth service uh, back in January, I believe it was the 29th, we talked about how worship is a whole life response. And in this whole life response, we have spontaneous responses to God's glory and to God's greatness. It's not something that we do. We're going to talk about this tonight. It's not something that we just do on Sundays, or it's just not something that we do when we feel like it. It's a moment by moment by moment individual response to God's, to God's glory. And greatness. And it's a whole life response. It's just not something we do every once in a while. One Sunday, or one Wednesday, the next Wednesday, we talked about how a big our God is. And I gave the students a worksheet. And, and when I went through the message, they would fill in the blanks. And we talked about how big our God is. We learn that worship is composed of both our words and our actions, and they are two separate things. We can say we believe something. We can say that we feel uh, this way, or we can say that we're going to be somewhere. But sometimes our actions don't quite line up with what we say. And so our worship is composed of words and actions coming together. We use the example of, of a father or a mother or a family member constantly saying, okay, yeah, I'll be at your games. Yeah, I support you. I'll support you in everything you do. You know, I'll do all of that for you. And they may not show up. They may abandon you in some circumstances because their words and their actions don't quite line up together. With God, our words and our actions, what we say we'll believe and the way we act based on what we believe have to come together to form worship, a true, a true sign of worship. We learn that worship grows deep within us. When we initially uh, accept Christ as our Savior, there are seeds planted in our hearts. And when we obey, when we... Uh, when we, when we take care of our hearts and, and see our hearts by, by uh, seeking out God and, and doing His will and following His Spirit, we become deeply rooted. And from those seeds come fruitfulness, come, 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 uh, come fruits that, that are healthy to our, one, ourselves and to everyone else. And most importantly, uh, it glorifies God. And we talked about how, how over time, um, day by day by day, moment by moment, if we continually worship God and seek after Him, we become deeply rooted. We talked about in staff meeting Wednesday about how Matt said the, the, the youth praise band has a set 
list of songs that they can sing. And they can sing, the, if, if they run through those songs one time just to gain chemistry and gain, gain harmony. I'm not real familiar with music. I hope I'm using the right terms. Is that right? That, that, you know, just, just to get a feel for what's going on. If they do that, they can go through the song with ease. And if you take little steps at a time, because they, they learn a few songs a month, and then when you step back and look at the set list, you feel encouraged, you feel accomplished. And it's the same thing in our souls when we're rooted deep. We see what God's done for us. We remember the way that God has come through when, we need him, when we've needed Him to, and we worship Him for that. We learn that worship must be intentional. We have a lot of things in our minds, in our hearts, in our lives that can go several different ways. And oftentimes we have to intentionally set aside time in our lives and, and intentionally direct our attention to God. And this is something that we have to do over and over again because there's so many distractions going on. The next one is uh, worship is a time thing. It's about capturing moments in time. What I can think of, every time I think of when I hear this, is our revival, our fire under the tower revival, where God has, um, has laid it on people's hearts that we need revival. And so we follow through with it, and, and, and we have set time, the specific time in the life of our church, for revival, to be revived, because we need to be revived, one, individually, two, uh, in a corporate setting as a church body. We learned about worship, how worship, uh, we worship in spirit and in truth. God's spirit is with us um, all the time. And even more so when we seek after him. And it's so thick and so abundant. And, and we worship him in spirit. And we worship him in truth. The, the fact that he did come, he did die for us. He forgave us, he forgave us of our sins. And no matter what we do, he loves us. And, and, if we, and if we ask for it, He forgives us. That's truth. And finally, last Sunday, or excuse me, last Wednesday, we spoke about how uh, worship, or worship involves tiny little steps. Cl- maybe climbing, climbing up the ladder, small steps at a time. And Louis Giglio talked about how he climbed Matterhorn, uh, that mountain Matterhorn in Switzerland. And he said, I saw the mountain, I didn't think I could do it, but with tiny steps, I was able to do it. Tiny steps. And tonight, to finish out the Wired for a Life of Worship, we're going to talk about how uh, we are to move beyond me. I'm not talking about me here, I'm talking about me as all of us as individuals, moving beyond me to us. Louis Giglio's definition of worship is this. Our worship is our response, both personal and corporate, to God for who He is and what He has done expressed in and by the things we say and the way that we live. If you have your Bibles, I want to read Psalms 100. Psalms 100 consists of five verses, five verses only. 
But, but these, these five verses are piercing to our soul. And they tell us, they give us special instructions that we may not think about coming to church every Sunday or every Wednesday. So listen up close. It says this, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before Him with joyful songs. Know the Lord is God. It is He who made us, and we are His. We are His people, the sheep of His pasture. Here's the turning point. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name. For the Lord is good and His love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all the generations. Let's pray. Father, these words are so piercing, Lord, I can't get over it. There's only five verses in this psalm, but yet you tell us, you specifically tell us that you are good, that your love endures forever, to trust you. It is you who made us, and we are yours because of it. We are your masterpiece, God. There's no other way to say it that we can say it. We are simply your masterpiece, And we can't do anything about it but to adore you for it. Lord, you say to enter your gates with thanksgiving and your courts with praise and to give thanks to you and praise your name. Lord, I pray that these next few moments will be moments of of maybe maybe, uh, changing the way we think about uh, our attitudes or maybe our attitudes when we come into church, Lord. Pierce our souls, pierce our hearts. And may we glorify you in all that we do. In your name I pray. Amen. Through Christ, we've been reconnected with God. And in Him, we're linked together as a church body. We play a unique role. We fit with the body. All of you, uh, you know, uh, I'm not a music guy. Matt's a music guy. I like to do yard work, outdoor stuff. Matt don't like to do that kind of stuff. It's just not his thing. Others of you may have uh, carpenter skills that I don't have, that I wish I had. My granddaddy's an excellent carpenter, and he's here tonight, and I appreciate him and supporting me. Um, uh, every time the doors are open and I speak, he is here, and Ms. Desi Kinzer too. So that's a little side note. I don't, I don't need to cry or anything, but, but uh, I, I, I appreciate him. His words and his actions do uh, come together. But each of us play a unique role In a church. And this is the corporate setting that Louis Giglio is talking about. We worship God from a personal standpoint and a corporate standpoint. And all of us have been reconnected with God from a personal standpoint. And then we're linked with each other because of that. And each of us play that unique role. The primary purpose of the church is worship. At its core, the purpose of the church is worship. The budget Meetings or investments in vans or buses or um, extra resources or, or all these other things are, are secondary to the simple fact that this sanctuary was erected for worship. These pews were put here for worship. It's encouraging to know that these pews have been soaked with, with God's goodness and God's glory, because I'm sure these pews have seen and heard many great things from this church. 
But the primary purpose of this church, in all churches, is worship. At its core, it exists to glorify God. And without our lives or our voice or, uh, or the, church's body is ex- the church body's expression is incomplete without all of us, without us following God's uh, calling on our lives from a personal standpoint and bringing it to church. But here's the thing. When we shout out to the Lord, like verse 1 says in Psalm 100, when we shout out to the Lord all the earth and worship Him with gladness, all that is a personal thing. It starts here in our hearts from an individual response to who God is and what He's done. And then when we come together in a corporate setting to worship, we bring the things that God has taught us and revealed to us about His character. We bring all those things here in a corporate setting to church. Louis Giglio says this in his book. He says, We weren't designed to operate on a weekly worship cycle, but on a moment-by-moment connection of, of personal worship that's as much a part of our lives as the air that we breathe. Every, every waking moment that we have, we're taking a breath in and taking a breath out. And he says that, and he stresses that worship, our personal connection with God, operates on the same way. We breathe in God's glory and His greatness, and we exhale blessings of, and, 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 um, and exclamations of worship. We bring to church what God does for us from a day-to-day basis here. And the thing about it is, corporate worship works best, in, in essence, when we come prepared. When, 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 there's, when, when uh, throughout, the, throughout our week, we, we, we get to a point where we worship God so much from a personal standpoint, we want to come to church because we want to share this faith, share what God is doing in our lives with other people. Now, I know, I know that what, you, what we all experience on a week-to-week basis is not always a glorious and happy thing. I understand that. But in your daily routine, moment by moment, we worship God. We think about Him. We ponder upon Him. We, we, we consider His character and we, and, we, and, we, and we create it, uh, we, we, we form it in our minds and we, and we become deeply rooted in who He is. So church, essentially, is to be a, uh, it ought to be a celebration of personal journeys with God. If we're honest, sometimes, if, if, if we're honest, we, when we come to church, we may not always uh, be thinking about God on our way here. We may be thinking about the same things that we think about when we go to work or when we uh, or take our kids to practice, or if we're just going to go to the grocery store, to the gym, wherever we go. And we don't really think about God maybe until we open the doors and we get settled in. We arrive, we sit and chat, and then we wait someone, waiting for someone to guide us, if we're honest. A mentor of Louis Giglio said this, 
worship is centering our mind's attention and our heart's affection on the Lord. Worship is centering our mind's attention and our heart's affection on the Lord. Meaning that when we get here, when we get here to church, we have so many things going through our mind. Sometimes, if, I, if I'm being honest, and maybe if you're being honest, when you sit down in the pew, there's probably so many mental images going through your head. That, that you get so overwhelmed and you're not thinking about anything else, or maybe you are trying to focus on what's going on, but, but there's, just, there's just a noise behind you, or maybe there's somebody snoring behind you, or maybe there's something going on that you just can't quite focus. All the moving around, half the time I can't sit still in church. For some reason, I don't know, this is, this is very weird. If I'm sitting in church and I'm really, really trying to pay attention... My head always itches. So if you sit behind me and I keep itching my head, I am trying with all my heart to focus. I don't care who the speaker is. I I can never sit still and my head not itch. It always happens. Always happens. My attention is on this uh, artificial itch on my scalp. And, and, And I can't worship and I can't think. I can't, I can't internalize the deep theological, biblical truth that Jimmy preaches to us on Sunday mornings and Sunday nights without that darn artificial itch on my head. I can't get rid of it. So if you sit in front of me, I'm not possessed. I'm not troubled. I, my head artificially itches and I can't do anything about it. Okay. Um, yeah, it's bad. So everybody's going to look at me in church now. I'll just, you know, can do it. The key is this. It's better to come to church worshiping, to walk through these doors worshiping, than to just wait and let, the, let your weekly uh, artificial worship, uh, worship schedule, worship cycle, kick in at 9 o'clock or 11 o'clock on a Sunday morning or 6.30 on a Wednesday night. It's better to come to church worshiping. Verse 4 says this. With this in mind, listen. Enter His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. Give thanks to Him and praise His name. We are entering His gates with thanksgiving and His courts with praise. We don't go to His gates, sit, wait, and then respond. We enter His doors and enter His gates, enter the courts of praise, worshiping, rather than just coming to worship. Worshiping while you're there is essential. Don't get me wrong. But it's more beneficial when you come worshiping. I'll say this in closing. Lugigo says this in these last few paragraphs of Wired for a Life of Worship. And it's so true. Something is going to grab your affection. Something is going to captivate your heart and your mind. One thing is going to rise up to the surface of the values and drive your life. Aiming your steps and determining your destiny. The invitation of God has come to you, inviting you and to join those who glorify Him 
with all of who they are. He's inviting you to discover His infinite worth, giving you the privilege of exalting Him as infinitely worthy. Through Christ, you can breathe again. Get this. Inhaling the wonder of God that always surrounds you and exhaling words and deeds of praise that reflect all of who He is. Let's pray. Father, Your Word is so piercing, especially when You tell us specifically to enter Your gates with thanksgiving. Because God, how so important it is to become connected to You from a personal standpoint and then come in with, a, with, another, with, a whole, with, with many other believers in a corporate setting. And Lord, in that, we come to You. We come to church. We come to Your house worshiping rather than to just simply come just to worship on our artificial weekly worship cycle. I pray that we'll take these things to heart. Lord, Your Word is so true. And that we'll apply these truths to, your, to, to our lives as we continue to seek You out with our arms stretched out and with our hearts seeking after You with every heartbeat that pumps throughout our body, Lord. We praise You for who You are and what You do in our lives. We thank You for this student ministry and how powerful they are, Lord. Such a great group of kids are so talented. I love them to death. And God, You love them to death so much that one, You died for them. Two, You've allowed them to be here and given them talents. And three, Lord, You have somebody in store for them who I pray will knock their socks off through Your name. We give You praise for this time of revival in our church. And I pray that in that, You will revive us, God, in a way that is humanly impossible, in a way that we never thought was possible, in a way that we didn't, that we know was not possible without Your Spirit dwelling within us in a, from a personal and a corporate standpoint. In Your name I pray. Amen.